We each experience God in different ways. I experience God when I'm with my family, and I experience God when I'm learning something I've never thought about before. I experience God when I'm helping others experience God. And strange as it may seem, I experience God when I'm holding a camera. It took me a while to realize I'm an artist at heart. I like to create, to see something come to be that didn't exist before. I think that's one reason I felt so much joy starting a church or building a campus or creating a hundred sermon series or preaching a thousand messages. And I love watching creativity at its finest when people change into new people with God's help, becoming someone they've never been before. But when I'm holding a camera, creativity is literally a click away. A camera is just a box, a box that's able to capture a moment when time stood still. Moments like that are irretrievable, unrepeatable, irreplaceable. How priceless are some of those moments? Over the years, I've taken tens of thousands of photographs, each documenting the experience of life lived. These pictures of life help bring clarity to forgotten moments or experiences now slightly faded in the mind. They say the older you get, the faster life goes. They're right. With blinding speed, weeks turn to months, months to years, years to a lifetime. For me, the years blend together, separated only by soft-edged memories and carefully curated photographs. Photography literally means to write or draw with light. Light is the paint splashed on the canvas of the film or digital sensor. Photography is much more than shutter speeds and f-stops. There is a technical side to learning how to use a camera, but photography is really the art of seeing. It's about texture, shape, line, composition, and it's about light. Photography is about being aware of the unfolding moments right in front of us. It's a heart fine-tuned with expectancy for the gifts that walk into the viewfinder. It's more about receiving photos than taking them. Of course, photography is also a metaphor, an illustration of how we see what's most important in life and how we creatively capture those experiences to grow and change. Just like photography, life is about seeing the light. around Christmas, we're reminded of Isaiah's prophecy of the coming Messiah. Like what an incredible reminder. Here's how he says it in Isaiah 9 verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. 
Here Isaiah stirs hope for Israel and hope for anyone who has had any affiliation with the darkness. Your darkness is not forever, is what he's reminding us. So Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light who has come into the world. Think about the properties of light for a minute. So if you take your hands and you fold them over and there's darkness in there, right? And so if I open my hands, that darkness is being released into the light, but the light doesn't change. The darkness doesn't overwhelm the light. The light is always greater than the darkness. This is why John chapter 1 and verse 5 reminds us that light shines in the darkness and the darkness didn't overcome it. The darkness can never overcome light. So in photography, we're all about seeing the light, right? And then how much more if photography is about seeing the light, should our lives be about seeing the light? So I want to give you three reminders about seeing the light in your own life. Here's the first one. Be aware of the light. Just be aware of the light. When it comes to photography, there's a saying that I like to repeat. When you find great light, run around and find something to put in it. Because great light is so rare. When you find light that you look at and you go, this is spectacular light. What can I put in that light? God's light is always shining. 1 John 1.5 reminds us that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This is the God that we serve. The God who loves us. The God who is identified as light. And he's always available. He's always shining. Jesus said it this way, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. What an incredible promise from our Lord. There's a statement that I stumbled upon. I wrote it down over a year ago that has been transformational uh, in my walk with Christ. And I said it like this, God is with me, loving me and working everything for my good. That's the God that we have. For every believer, we have that hope, that confidence. God is with me, loving me, working everything for my good. Sometime years ago, I was in the wilderness of Maroon Bells, uh, some distance outside the city of Aspen, Colorado. And there's a beautiful lake there with mountains in the background, the typical postcard view that you would think about when you think about the mountains of Colorado. It was in the fall of the year. The Aspens were just at peak condition. And I remember standing on this little lake shore as the sun was beginning to rise. And believe it or not, in, in that moment, there were about 50 other photographers lining the that lake bed. And as the sun began to rise on the mountains, I'm thinking, this is, this is a pretty good shot. I've seen this before. But then I, after taking a few shots of maroon bells in the mountains and the, and, and the lake there, I turned around behind me only to notice the most incredible light behind me on a grove of aspens. They were tightly growing together. And while all of these photographers were focused on the typical postcard shot, I realized that the shot was actually behind me. Had I not been aware of the light on those trees behind me, I would have missed one of the most fantastic shots I feel like I've ever captured. We can turn our attention toward the obvious, but if we're not aware of the light, we miss what God wants to do in our lives. So why would we not prioritize attentiveness to Jesus? Why wouldn't we be focused and aware on our incredible Lord and Savior? 
I like the way Ken Geyer says it in his book, Windows of the Soul. He says, our search for God and his search for us meet at windows in our everyday experience. These are the windows of the soul, he calls them. In a sense, it is something like spiritual disciplines for the spiritually undisciplined. In another sense, it is the most rigorous of disciplines, the discipline of awareness, he says. Be aware of the light. Be aware of what God is doing in your life all around you. Now, here's a second reminder about seeing the light in your life. Be open to unexpected light. Be open to unexpected light. Now, Jesus never changes, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he reminds us. But God absolutely changes the way he works with human beings. So while God never changes, he's never afraid to change the way that he works among us. Think back, for example, in the Bible, we read about a man and a woman surrounding a tree in a garden. That's no longer happening. We look at animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. We look at people that are following the law. Those things have changed. God has come on the scene and he's done something different through this incredible thing called grace. In Exodus, Moses was told by God to strike a rock and out of that rock would flow water. And so Moses did as he was told and water flowed from the rock. Well, then later, God tells Moses to speak to the rock. What did Moses do? He struck the rock. He was unaware that God was changing the way that he works. While God never changes in his nature, he always is constantly changing the way that he works with us. And we can miss that if we don't expect it. Apparently, God loves to surprise us. He loves to keep us on our toes and keep us humble and moving toward him. One time I was standing at the base of the Teton Mountain Range in northwest Wyoming. What a spectacular place. And I was there just before a sunrise. And as the sun began to creep up behind me and illuminate the Teton Range, about that time, as if on cue, this massive bull elk wandered out of the forest and was there in plain sight. I was there with only one other photographer. He was about 10 yards away from me. And as we were shooting that experience in that incredible light that morning, I realized I was standing next to Tom Mangelson. Tom Mangelson is one of the foremost nature and wildlife photographers in the world. At that time, he had galleries all uh, different places of the world and all over the United States. And so I realized I was standing there taking in that moment with one of the most famous nature photographers. And after that event was over and the elk had wandered back into the forest, I I turned and I said to him, are you Tom? And he said, yes. Are you Joe? Well, he didn't really say that, but I was standing next to this foremost photographer enjoying the incredible light in that moment. God says it this way to remind us to be open to the unexpected. He says in Psalm 115.3, our God is in heaven and he does whatever pleases him. Sometimes we think we got God figured out. God is supposed to work in this way. We can count on God to do what he did yesterday the same way he did it. No, we can't. God does what pleases him. He never changes in his nature, but he is constantly changing the way that he works. And we are to be alert to the unexpected, open to unexpected 
light. Well, here's the final reminder about seeing the light in your life. I would say it like this. Be alert to the rhythms of light. Our experience of light changes, doesn't it? I'm standing out here in this beautiful, soft light. The light reflecting off the snow. It's In photographic terms, it's spectacular lighting, especially uh, for portraits. There's warm light, there's cool light, there's muted light, there's bright light, all kinds of different light. And light changes through different seasons of the year. And God's light changes through different seasons in our lives as well. I like to say that great photography is captured on the edges, the edge of dawn and daylight, the edge of an approaching storm or a receding storm, the edge of emotion tears of pain or smiles of joy. Life is lived on the edges and God shows up even in those rhythms of life. And the rhythms of light affect our rhythms of life. David's son Solomon had it all. You know anything about Solomon? Read the scriptures and you discover that that he had everything anyone could ever desire. Most especially, he had wisdom, we're told. He was given wisdom because he asked God for it, and God granted him that request. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines, which leads us to question how much he applied the wisdom he was given. (laughs) Some of the wisdom he gained and learned the hard way, just like you and I do. He penned the book of Ecclesiastes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I love the book of Ecclesiastes, primarily because it's raw, it's real. It's not filled with Christian platitudes. It's it's filled with real life examples and illustrations about how life works. And so he says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Did you catch that? To everything, there's a season. There's a time for every purpose under heaven. And he highlights life's opposites, a time for birth and death, a time for planting, a time for harvesting, a time for silence, a time for speaking, or some of those examples in that list. But the rhythms of life also include darkness, don't they? Have you experienced that? Have you felt that? Have you been in the throes of confusion or wondering what God is up to? Maybe even heartache in your life. While there is no darkness in God, He is always present in the darkness. He never leaves us there. He is always available and ready as we call out to Him. If you look in that Ecclesiastes chapter 3 section, we discover a few verses down in verse 11. As Solomon writes, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. That that draw, that thing inside of us is part of the rhythms of life. God says is placed there by him, that longing for something more, that longing for eternity. James calls God the father of lights. Light is this incredible reality all around us, and God uses that picture to demonstrate how great He really is. Can I leave you with some words of encouragement 
some words that I hope will will help you understand how much God desires for his light to shine on you. This is found in the book of Numbers chapter 6. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's my hope and my desire for you. As you experience the joy of seeing the light.